are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to this week seven episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Marcus Henson. How are you, sir? I'm good. Did you just say week seven? I did just say week seven. Come again in English, please. Damn, time is going fast. Isn't it just as cray cray? (laughs) I'm not responding to that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in which case, join us when we come back for our roundup of the Texas Bowl between Dallas and Austin. How does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL? Performance training. Focus. Yet ever active. In their community. Film study. Practice. In superb condition. Leading a healthy lifestyle. I'm an LFL athlete. We come on now to our review of the Texas Bowl between Dallas and Austin. Marcus, what did you make of this game, sir? In one word, feisty. Feisty would be one word. Yeah, I thought it was an incredibly physical game. I mean, Dallas, some of those hits. Um, Can we get a rule check? Is punching the face allowed when you're trying to tackle someone? (laughs) But you know what? There's a mindset in Dallas and the way they play is aggressive. They want the football. And it's it's great because it really threw Austin this week off their rhythm. I think something else that threw Austin off their rhythm was the quick pace of that Dallas offense. They came out, went no huddle from the bat. And it really seemed to um, make Austin be very, feel very uneasy. I don't think they were quite expecting the no huddle. And at times they really didn't seem to know how to handle it. I mean, there was a few times when even on uh, extra points, now we know, in the NFL, you have to be three yards off the line of scrimmage unless the ball is within your 10-yard line, then you can line up over the ball. Um, and there were times in the 10-yard line in the first half, Austin was still lining three yards off the ball. And even on some extra points, they were three yards off the two-point conversion. So mental mistakes there. And I think it was just how Dallas played that really kind of got into their heads. Yeah, definitely did. I mean, let's not take anything away from them because Dallas dominated this game. One big shout out, it definitely have to be to Michelle Angel. Loving her development as a quarterback. She's becoming so good. On the flip side of that, Austin, for me, it really also felt as much as they got beat by Dallas, they beat themselves because they failed their fundamentals on key points in the game. When the drive would just start getting momentum, they dropped the ball or a bad snap. It was oh infuriating to watch. Um, however, that Texas crowd loved it. Absolutely. And you mentioned they're getting their balls in hands. And we have with us on the show now to help with our Texas Bowl review, rookie quarterback for the Austin Acoustic, Tishay Winfrey. Welcome to the show, Tishay. Hi, how you doing? Doing very good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Trying to get over these store rules. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it looked like a, a grueling game for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. As this is your first time on LFL Talk, Please, could you advise our listeners a little about your background and who or what inspired you to start playing in the league? I grew up playing sports my whole life. I played literally probably every single sport possible for females to play. Um, But I actually went to college for basketball and and I love basketball. But when I actually got a chance to play football, it was just like a whole different league. 
I mean, I grew up playing football with my, my brothers and things, but then I, I joined another league, um, the SSFL, but then I seen this league and I was just like, okay, seems like it'll be very interesting. So I decided to join. And of course, your first experience game day wise in the NFL was against Seattle, the current champions. Um, how did you find that experience? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely something that I wasn't ready for. I mean, the other leagues I played in, I played wide receiver. So going into this league, a league that I've never played in before, uh, in a position that I've never played before, it definitely was a rude awakening. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I love the league and I love playing quarterback. So it basically helped me out with a lot of things that I need for the other games. We mentioned there your tough first game, but your second game was at the completely opposite end of the scale with that big win over New England. Which game would you say you learned more from, though? I actually learned more from the Seattle game because, again, they're the champions. So they were looking forward to actually playing against, you know, um, you want to play against the best and then know how they are. So that way you can actually prepare for the other teams as well. So I definitely learned way more from the Seattle game. Coming on to uh, your most recent game and the first ever Texas Bowl. Um, going up against Dallas in that nature, did that put any more pressure on you guys before going into it? There was a lot of talk about the Texas Bowl. And of course, I'm just not the type of person to uh, go with the hype or anything. So I wasn't really paying attention to any of that. But we already knew that going to the games, these girls were extremely aggressive. And I definitely was able to see that firsthand. But preparing for the actual uh, Dallas game, we did just like we did for any other teams. Unfortunately, the game didn't go your way. But would you say that the 46-6 defeat was a fair reflection of the team's performance? We definitely know that. We didn't come prepared like Dallas did. Dallas came out ready to play, and we didn't. So it doesn't reflect our particular team, but the actual mindset that we have. Like, um, we definitely didn't come in with our minds ready for it. You've got three weeks to prepare into your last game against LA in front of, of course, your own Austin crowd. Will Austin pick up the second win of the season? That's what we're hoping for. And the fact that it's in our home crowd, we always have that extra motivation from our crowd and our fans and the fact that we're able to play in front of our families and things like that. So I'm definitely saying that you guys are going to see a different team than you've seen against Dallas. Definitely saying that for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, we look forward to that and it'll be a, a great game for sure. And we know that Austin crowd gets really riled up. Now, we would like to finish off the interview with some fun quickfire questions, if that's okay. Okay, yeah. What has been your favourite moment of the season so far? My favourite moment has been being able to play in front of my family and my new fans and getting the win for them. My brother always comes to my games, but my whole entire family has never seen me play. So being able to actually have a great game and being able to play in front of them, that was like the most amazing experience. On the team, who is your favorite receiver to throw to? Um, I have to say Leilani. She has great hands. She has great cuts. She's very small in statue, but like I know the girl can catch. So she'll be my favorite. Which is the best city you have ever been to and why? Um, I'll have to say... Tennessee, and this wasn't with the league or anything, but uh, I say Tennessee because I was able to actually go to the Civil Rights Museum, and I like things like that, so I'll have to say Tennessee. If you could emulate the career of any NFL player, who would you copy? I would have to say J.J. Watt. I just love him. He's a beast. It's not my position or anything, but just the, the fact, the way that he plays, the aggression that he plays with, and the way that he is on the field, his presence... I would love that. I think that's a Texas thing as well, because there's a few people that have said uh, that they love J.J. Watt. But I mean, he is a great superstar and he is redefining that defensive end position. Yeah, for sure. Now, if you had to watch one movie over and over again, which one would it be? <laughs> My favorite movie to watch was definitely Love and Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a basketball player forever. So and when that movie came out, I literally 
watch it over and over and over again. It was like on repeat. So definitely loving basketball. We've saved the toughest question for last. If you could describe yourself in just one word, what would that be? Hmm. I would have to say humble. Definitely humble. The reason is because no matter the circumstances that I'm in, no matter the hype that I get or anything like that, I always stay true to myself, and which is humble. And I will continue to be that way no matter what happens. Well, that wraps up all of our questions, but we would now like to give you the mic for 10 seconds. It can be for a, a shout out to thank anyone who has supported you, uh, your fans ahead of the next home game, or uh, it sounds like you may not want to, but you could talk smack to your next opposition. We'll just give you the mic and uh, it's all yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the type of person to talk smack, so... Definitely, I just want to give a shout out to all the fans that have been supporting the Austin Acoustics. My brother, who is my number one supporter, he's been there through the beginning. My family, also Coach Washington and Mike, who've been training me with quarterback position. Uh, without those guys, my brother and my family, like, I don't know where I would be. So I definitely want to thank everyone, and especially them. And we'd also like to thank you for coming on the show today, Tishay. It's been a real pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me too. Thank you guys for allowing me to be on here. The world's fastest growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access in the locker rooms, inside the huddle. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And fully games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. LFL Mobile, giving you access to the gridiron goddesses of the LFL with exclusive photos, videos, live game reporting, and fan promotions. LFL Mobile, download on your Android or iPhone. Well, with this season in full swing and seven intense game in the books and not one schedule for this weekend, it seemed like a perfect time to look at the season so far. And to help us with this, please welcome to the show, Deputy Editor of LFL 360, Colton Carl. Welcome to the show, Colton. Glad to join you guys. How are you guys doing today? We are good. Thank you very much, sir. We've got a couple of topics to get through today. Uh, what's your highlight so far this season? Kind of right now, some of the biggest surprises around the league are, you know, certainly Dallas. They've come out. They're a real team to reckon with this year. Another highlight, I would say, you know, Seattle kind of getting it done. You know, they've been the favorites going into the season and it hasn't looked pretty at all times, but they're 3-0. and They've got a month before their, their final regular season game and kind of say those are the the two highlights, but you know, a lot of great new players out there on the radar. A lot of big performances by players that kind of unexpected, and it's uh, been great so far. We've got one more team to see here, and we've seen them all uh, to start the season with Atlanta coming up after the bye week. Absolutely. You mentioned the rookies. That would be a perfect start. Why not look at the rookies on the radar? Who have you got as some of the key people that you've sort of noted so far? You can't ignore some of the rookies down in Texas. When you look at Dallas first, Courtney White, wide receiver, slash running back, slash uh, defensive back. Um, also, Jade Randall. She's kind of flown under the radar. And I think that Jade Randall, the wide receiver uh, and defensive back for Dallas, is, is also one of the top uh, players. Michelle Marshall, uh, who plays for the Austin Acoustic. Uh, in her three games so far, she's been a big performer. She's got a lot of uh, speed, quickness, and agility. Um, then I also say, you know, on offensive line, 
kind of a rookie on the radar. Nicole Peterson's played really good at center for Dallas. But, you know, there's a lot of rookies around the league. You look at Tashay Winfrey playing quarterback. She's been excellent. Uh, Alex Drake's been playing pretty well for New England. New England's had some hiccups as a team. A lot of uh, good rookies on that team as well. Uh, but I, I would say down in Texas right now, the favorites heading into uh, the bye week here. You've got to say one of the favorites comes from Texas right now. Adri, uh, what about you? Who's flying on your radar? Well, I have to agree with Colton on, on Jade Randall because I think you look at the way she's played, particularly, I think, on, on defense. And I mean, people will get to see this game coming up at the weekend, how she played against Austin. I mean, she had a phenomenal game. I think it was either one or two picks she got. One of them may have been overturned as well. I thought she was a, a complete bullhawk at, at safety position. We know how good she is with, as a receiver. She's got a great set of hands. And I want to talk as well about Nicole Peterson because obviously she's made the transition from being in the league office to now playing on the front line or in the front line for Dallas and I think I've not seen her miss a block yet and I think it's important we acknowledge the line play of some of these women. Yeah, I mean it's a big factor in the game. I mean some of my rookies, um, I'm going to go out to uh, Kristen Beckman, wide receiver safety for New England. You know, they haven't had the greatest of results go their way, but I, I feel that she puts in it 100% every time, making plays, really aggressive defender as well. And speaking of aggressive defenders, Selena Fudge, corner for Austin, amazing shutdown corner. You know, she's still got a couple of things to work on. You, we saw that uh, in the Dallas game. However, that team is developing as a whole. And I'm sure from what we've seen, she's going to uh, develop into a great player. Now, talking about great players, let's move on to some potential MVPs this year. Yeah, some of the potential MVPs you can't ignore. Some of the veterans out in Seattle, Stevie Schnorr, Danica Brace, you know, the presence and impact they have on their team's success and what uh, Coach Michelson's doing there. You know, Danica Brace, she's had a great start this season so far. She hasn't been as much of a factor on offense because they have so many weapons, but she has had three receptions for 22 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, unbelievable. In their three games, she's had 23 tackles and three interceptions. Stevie Schnorr, uh, she's been excellent at running back. You can't ignore her stats. In their three games, 26 rushes for 155 yards and four touchdowns. She's got a couple receptions for 15 yards as well. And then, you know, you look at Michelle Angel, what she's done down in Dallas. They got their first win this this past weekend, throwing five touchdowns in two games, only one interception. She's completed a little bit less than, you know, the passes she's wanted to. Uh, She's actually uh, 15 of 40 passing. She also has rushed for 44 yards, so and another rushing touchdown. And then Dominique Collins, that's someone uh, can't ignore either, potential MVP for Chicago in their one game. She's had uh, six tackles, two sacks, and two interceptions. So those are uh, kind of the, the four on the radar right now. We'll mention, too, you know, Jade Randall. You know, we're talking about rookies on the radar and MVP potential. In her two games with Dallas, she's got four receptions for 115 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, but defensively, where she's really impressed as well, you mentioned the interceptions. She does have an interception in each game, so she's got two on the year. And she's already got 14 tackles. So you can't ignore that on both sides of the ball, the production that she's had for Dallas. No, 100%. And I just want to quickly come back to uh, to Stevie Schnorr because she's got the passing touchdown as well, don't forget, in their first game. She snuck in the first play there, which is quite nice. And yeah, and Dominique Collins, two of those tackles were sacks and they were um, forced fumbles as well. Yeah, I mean, we got a great core of people really playing at the best. I'm just going to add a couple more names to that and then we'll move on to the next section. One of mine has got to be Dominique Malloy. In Seattle, you know, she was out for the first game, injured. She's come back. Her two games have been phenomenal. Her pace is just lightning. Uh, And another name I'd want to put in there, just because 
the impact she has on her team is Danielle Hawkins down in Dallas. Absolute fearful sort of like linebacker, really controls a presence there. You know, she's one of those veterans that came back, which has really helped solidify Dallas into a, a potential playoff team. But speaking of veterans, there have been our good ones. What do you guys think about those who have disappointed us, some veterans who aren't living up to the potential? I have to start with KK Matheny, and it pains me to do it, but I mean, we know she's a, a great quarterback, a great leader, but you mentioned it earlier how they've kind of stuttered through the first three games. We call that the Sally Gunnell performance over here. It's got the, it's not got the looks, but she gets the job done. <laughs> not saying that about KK, just Seattle as a whole, obviously, but KK, she's not performed as well as we know she can. She's thrown, you know, a handful of touchdowns, but Hopefully she'll be back on track for the last game of the season. And a big one for me from that Seattle-Chicago game as well, Christelle the Ferrari-Harris. I mean, I don't think we even saw her pull out the garage that game. She only rushed for six total yards uh, on six uh, attempts. So averaging one yard per rush, that's definitely un-Ferrari-like, you know, that uh, Chicago expects. And uh, she did have some big plays receiving the ball. She had three receptions, one big touchdown, a total of 51 yards. But yeah, it uh, was was a poor running game there. You can't uh, argue that. Not her typical performance. You know, Chantel Taylor, another one there in that, that last game we saw, Chicago-Seattle. She only had two tackles, uh, no sacks. She wasn't a big factor on, um, you know, getting a hold of KK Matheny or putting pressure on her too much. Uh, kind of a, a surprise. Uh, but yeah, when you mentioned KK Matheny, she's already thrown uh, three interceptions this year too. She's thrown nine touchdowns, but three interceptions and completed only 40% of her passes. Uh, she's only 18 of 45 passing. So that's it's certainly not up to her standards. Did you guys have another disappointment there? I do have one. I feel a bit bad mentioning it because again, it's someone who I really like as a player, but I don't know, maybe it's the, the go into LA thing, but Lily Granston, like I say, I really like her as a player um, and I think she can achieve great things, but she's just not quite clicked I don't think maybe it's the way they're using her in defense because we know she's a great tackler she can really attack the ball carrier but she seems to be uh, being asked to play more of a cover two safety rather than that aggressive rover that we know her as yeah when you look at the stats she's got uh, eight tackles in the two games there in, in LA but you don't see you know some of the the poor plays at coverage and then also some of the missed tackles but I think they'll turn the corner on that defense and, and she'll be more of an impact player you know, getting some big plays and uh, but yeah, certainly a, a you know surprise so far that uh, she hasn't been a big impact on that defense from what we've seen in her previous seasons in Seattle. The only other name I'd add to that possibly if we're talking about the LA secondary is Ty Emery. I mean, we saw it at the, the All-Star game and I really want to see her development um, and I figured that going to LA, she'd get the chance to develop but really hasn't had enough game time, not enough sort of like reps because we've seen like flashes of it when she was playing in Las Vegas last year. But if she's going to develop, she's got to have game time and there's just not been the production. Quickly, before we come on to some other topics, all name like our favourite player of the season. I think that would work for me. Um, and Colton, as the guest, I will let you go first. I would have to go with Jade Randall's uh, 48-yard touchdown reception from Michelle Angel. They're backed up to the two-yard line. And connects with uh, Randall for 48 yards. Probably, I, I don't have the official uh, history, but that would either be a close second to the longest touchdown pass in league history or uh, could be tied with or the, the longest touchdown. So, I suppose technically, do you have to put uh, Dominique Collins's pick six as the longest play? Because but with the new rule change that now you can run an extra point back for a touchdown, Dominique Collins intercepted it in the end zone and then ran it coast to coast. That's that's a big play there too. You know, that was something earlier in the game you saw Danica Brace do the same. And uh, Coach Hack didn't like, the, uh, didn't like the call, wasn't aware of the rule change. 
something that was uh, changing the offseason to make the extra point a little bit more exciting than usual and to you know make that extra point costly. All right. So in that case, Adri, uh, as we're talking about plays of the season, is that your play of the season? Um, well, actually, no, it isn't. I just thought it was a, a good play to bring up because we were talking about the longest play. You know how I like to change topics on a dime, as it were. But I think I'm torn between a couple but I think because of what it meant to the game, I've got to go with Danica's pick six against um, Chicago because it just completely turned that game. And um, obviously it was just a great place. You had Sage Steinmetz with getting the sack. And then um, as it was being bobbled by Barkley, uh, Danica was there just to pick up the loose pieces, run it back. But I'm also going to tag on to that, her touchdown reception as well, later on in that quarter because... It was a great catch under pressure with, with Kim Perez. I, I still don't know how she caught it, but it was just a great touchdown catch. So I'm going to kind of tie those two together and make one great play. She did constantly perform in that game, and that catch was uh, spectacular, sort of falling backwards. For me, I'm going to have to definitely go with one we, we came across a couple of weeks ago, and that was Courtney White's absolute beast mode, will not go down touchdown run. Yeah, that's a, a great choice. I mean, we've got the video of that up on our instagram account the bullhawks nest and um, you can find it on uh, her instagram account as well this is the thing for me as well you look at the time left in the fourth quarter there was a minute 40 left they were 26 20 down and then she busts out this 35 yard touchdown run where at least four or five players tried to bring her down yeah and you know what uh, that's what phenomenal athletes do and you know she's another one that she definitely coming into that rookie radar there. But shall we make this interesting? Shall we uh, put this out to you guys, the fans at home, to maybe see whose player of the year you like best, and maybe we'll bring the guest on to uh, talk a little about their season so far. What do you think, guys? I like that. I think it's a great idea, sir. <laughs> it seems that we're doing it then. All right, we will get that in motion for you guys after this podcast through our social media. Uh, so definitely check that out before we waffle on too long one more topic from each of you about the season so far uh colton you give us off yeah i think uh you know looking ahead you know you, you got to highlight some of the the up-and-coming games that you know, kind of must watch and anticipated i think you've got three that are really going to be decisions on, on playoffs and what we're going to see going into the playoffs who's who's the more favored teams uh for power ranking purposes but the next game I think uh, you've got a circle of Seattle versus Dallas. Dallas will need that win to get in the playoffs. And I think that they've got a team that can beat Seattle, possibly beat them in the playoffs as well. Then you look ahead at uh, July 9th, another Saturday game. you got L.A. versus Atlanta, non-conference matchup. Certainly uh, is going to be anticipated first time they've ever played. And it's going to be potentially you know playoff uh, implications for L.A. as well as Atlanta. And then, obviously, Atlanta versus Chicago kind of the rivalry, one-sided rivalry with Chicago, uh, you know, being the dominant team in that rivalry. But uh, August 6th, uh, when uh, Atlanta heads to Chicago, you can't uh, ignore that game. No, Next. definitely not. I think that's going to be uh, one of the games of the season as well. I want to see how well Atlanta adapt now because they've played them enough times and they've been close a couple of times as well. Aside from obviously the big blowout in the playoffs last year, it's got to be Atlanta's time, right, to get that victory. Absolutely. They certainly put together the team this offseason. They feel very confident. Just uh, an article out recently about their confidence going into the season. You heard from Lauren Ziegler, Coach Robinson, also from uh, quarterback Dakota Hughes. Their confidence is high going into the season. You know, we'll get to see them play after the bye week coming up here against Omaha. And, you know, they certainly feel like they've put together the team and prepared uh, to finally get past Chicago. 
Adri, what about you? One quick topic that really has caught your eye this season. Well, I'll try and keep it quick, but as you can tell, I'm in one of those talking moods today and I've just been waffling <laughs> on about everything. But they, you know, sometimes you have these days. But oh, cool. my topic, to keep it short and sweet, I'm actually going to throw out a question to both of you and I'm going to come to you first, Marcus. And that is, is Stevie Schnorr now the most dominant running back in the LFL? It's difficult to say. Of course, not every running back's had a chance to show us what they got so far at this precise point. Yes. But the season isn't over yet. It's a political answer from Marcus. How about you, Colton? I would have to agree as well. It it certainly helped having Dominique Malloy there in the backfield as well. But she's been the most productive, been the most important uh, for any of the seven teams that have played so far at the running back position. You have to say right now she's the most dominant running back in the LFL, especially the performance that Christelle had against Seattle. You can't uh, you can't take anything away from Stevie and, and what she's done. Yeah, you know, she's certainly the most dominant running back right now. It's going to sound really bold, but I think if you take Stevie out of that equation, they're struggling right now and they don't have three wins. Great point. I, I would I would definitely agree with that. She's kind of been the the main contributor on offense. Uh, you know, to keep them going at big times and games, and as they're they're getting familiar with the the new athletes and the new weapons on that offense, she's kind of been the the go to back. So. That's a that's a fair statement there. Yeah, and I think that sort of that point really reflects, you know, the sort of effort she's put into her game. So to finish it off, I'll quickly do my topic. I'll just leave this out there for people to consider at home rather than talk about it. So far we've had seven games this year. Out of those seven games, the home team are six and one. Home field advantage this year, definitely paying off. Wonder if that's gonna continue with some really like Colton said, key matchups coming along. But that's pretty much all we've got time for this segment. I want to thank Colton for coming onto the show. I appreciate it, guys. It's always a pleasure. No, thank you. It's always a pleasure for you to come and join us. Like your favorite LFL players and teams and receive breaking news stories. The LFL's official Facebook page, facebook.com slash mylfl. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Before we finish off this week's show, I just want to come back to that rule change you mentioned briefly there before with Colton, and that is that the turnovers during an extra point being returned for a touchdown. So in the rules, the defensive return of an extra point equals six points. If the defensive team gains possession on an extra point, the ball will remain live, hence the run back becoming six points. Now, that's a new change into this year's rules. A lot of us are used to it just being a safety. So if you play flag football, for example, we know you can return an extra point for two points. They obviously introduced it into the NFL last year as being able to return a blocked extra point for the the two points. Marcus, what do you think of the rule change? So the other team's just scoring you, right? And they've just suddenly taken the lead. There's two seconds left to go in the game um, and they're like, say, four points ahead. You really, 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 really need to get a fumble or an interception and run it back to the house. And you could just win this out of nowhere. Exciting stuff. 
Absolutely, and I can see why they've made it more exciting or try make try to make it more exciting because we saw with the Chicago and Seattle game that extra point the the pick six essentially that was returned by Danica Brace absolutely turned that game on its head, which is no doubt exactly what they were looking for. But I'm a football purist and I like to see football as football. So having it as two points to be more in line with college football and the NFL, that's kind of where I stand on it, just because I love football and I love what the LFL is doing. I love these women athletes that play football and they do play football for anyone out there that doesn't think they do. And that's why I'd like to see it maybe stay more in line with the current NFL rules. You know what? There's pros and cons. Uh, pros is it's very much more exciting. It's thrilling and it makes the game buzz. Cons are maybe people who are new to the game. You know, they've watched NFL. They kind of get it. I'm trying to get into this. Hang on. What happened there? That's not how it happens in NFL. Could be confusing. However, it's got its place and we'll see how it progresses for the rest of the season, I guess. But I want to come back now to early in the show. And I guess we're going to hand over to you guys, the fans, to come up and vote for what you think is the best play of the season so far. Um, you heard our three selections. You got Jade Randall's awesome touchdown, possibly the longest one there. Uh, you got also from Dallas, you got Courtney White's breakthrough beast mode uh, run. And of course, don't forget the living legend that is Danica Brace for her, uh, what is it, sort of a combo pick six and diving catch. It was more the position she was. It wasn't so much diving, but as you mentioned, falling back, but catching it at that point in the end zone under pressure from Kim Perez, uh, you know, just trying to stress how good it was. And everyone could see how good it was <laughs> if they watched the highlights. But, you know. Hey, 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 hey. No, no sort of trying to sway the ballot here. What can we come up with for our, our listeners, Adri, do you think? Some sort of system that they can vote for it. Yeah, we'll put up a vote. Uh, it will go out on uh, the social media, uh, Twitter, and we can have the link in our bio on Instagram as well, where fans will be able to go out and vote for which one of those three plays they would uh, or they think is the best play. And as a treat for those that do vote, and so you know your vote counts, the winner of the voting will be the guest on our next show. Yes, like it. I like that. That's going to be awesome, as well as the fact that we're going to have one of the Atlanta players, on to talk about their upcoming game against Omaha. Yeah, the first time this season we get to see Atlanta, we're going to get one of their superstars on uh, to talk about their upcoming game and how their off-season's gone and their plans for beating their bitter rival Chicago as well as that Omaha game. Ah, there you go, guys. Whether it's going to be Jade, Courtney or Danica, it's up to you guys to decide. And so to wrap things up, I would like to thank our guest this week, Tisha Winfrey, Colton... My amazing co-host, Marcus Henson. Of course, our producer, Mark Taylor from Spamhead Productions. Remember to go to LFL360.com to keep up to date with all of the latest news and articles from around the league. You can also go to LFLtalk.com to catch up with all of our previous shows and player interviews. And of course, we have the league's YouTube channel, www.youtube.com forward slash my LFL where you can see all of the highlights wow clips and games from this season until next time football fans stay safe take care and thanks for stopping by (laughs) 